I can start it right now. You want me to? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. That would make me Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have gone underground and I'm taken on secret identities in order to bring you our candid views on each week's Value Line sure, Investment Survey. Sure, talk right over me. I will. Uh, you've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news. But our bosses would never allow our unvarnished views on the air, so we've disguised our voices, and they'll never know. Uh, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, that's not a guarantee of being entertained, by the way. And we also may have there lots no of... no guarantees or warranties implied or otherwise. Uh, we may have lots of conflicts of interest, including uh, we may own these stocks, we may not own them. We do tend to tell you when we own them. See all our disclosures at www.thevalueguys.com, and uh, there's uh, photographs there uh, of us, of Vern and I on holiday, just FYI. Uh, this week, we look at the August twenty second, 2008 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. I'm going to be back. It was what? a great time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was, it Go was ahead. fun. Um, Just recall Anyway, yeah, it was wonderful. For fun Listen, times. Uh, this week, I'm going to be back at the back half of the show, so you might as well just skip ahead to that part right now, save time. Let me just advise you that. Uh, to talk about AIG, controversial, fun to talk about, a lot of good, you know, interesting Yawn. anecdotes there. Principal Financial. Oh, it gets better. Page 2562, <laughs> and then SEI Investments, uh, SEIC, pretty good story there. So, but first. Good news, with, folks. Listen, Short show this week. With a teeny amount of ado because of his continual interruptions stemming <laughs> from last week even. Vern Value, Vern. <laughs> stemming from last week? Yeah, you're just in this <laughs> mood. You've changed. Your whole thing has changed. You're just interrupting now constantly. No, I'm not. Yeah, you should see the emails I get. Anyway, go ahead. They, people want to hear about the stock. I want to talk about a stock. Can I go talk ahead. about a stock now? Do it. What are yes. we, 20 minutes into the show at this point? I wish we were because then it would be almost over. I, Wouldn't it be nice? I, I've heard of my first stock before, but I've never really looked at it seriously. It's called Dealer Track Holdings. Maybe you have. Uh, if for no other reason than it has a – actually, this is continuing in a fine tradition of me picking stocks based on having cool ticker symbols. Uh-huh. This one's How have those track, worked out for you? T-R-A-K. You know, I have no idea. Right. Because I this do. This is for entertainment. Badly. <laughs> this is for okay. entertainment yeah, purposes thankfully. only. This is a case where that's very helpful to you. <laughs> Dealer Track Holdings. Uh, value line shows a price of 16 bucks. says the company offers marketing and prospecting products, including residual value guides, guides that are used to forecast the residual value of vehicles. It's a critical question today, of course, because residual value, yeah. resi residual value of SUVs and other light truck products. A lot of leasing companies in trouble because well, yeah, of that and, variation. You know, a lot of people yeah. are exiting the business, and uh, you know the availability uh, of credit is going to become uh, constrained. Well, already has. Mm -hmm. Good and, prediction, and, Bert. Thank you. <laughs> Always like to be right on it. Thank you. Tune in. Directly uh, we tell you the future in advance. Okay. <laughs> Next week we'll go over All what right. happened in the Get market last week. <laughs> um, in any event, I, it seems to me that uh, despite the fact that you've got some cyclical pressure on the business right now because of car sales being down, because consumers spending being down, et cetera, that there ultimately is a secular story here. Certainly has been a terrific growth story since um, came public in 2005. Uh, Value line showing $70 million in revenue in 2004, going to 120, 173, 234 last year. Okay, calling for 250, a significant slowdown in revenue growth, but still growth nonetheless. And uh, according to Value Line, the company can do about a dollar of uh, gross cash flow per share, and at maybe 16 bucks, that doesn't sound all that cheap. 
this is one of these stories where you have a cash-rich cash rich balance sheet. As a matter of fact, I call this company kind of dramatically overcapitalized. Did you mention what they do? I don't even remember you saying uh, that. Well, they also have – You've lost my interest, the, actually, in this the, story. The real value here, they have a website that uh, allows uh, uh, users to submit credit apps online, and they have uh, wow. what they call an activity report product that provides data about financing and insurance to dealers. Okay, so they're providing a suite of credit uh, consumer credit exposure management I products – to dealers, along with residual value information um, to help them make smarter ah, decisions about financing. Okay, okay? Well, uh, that's got to be in the crapper. Oh, it is. Yeah, the stock at sixteen is down from fifty in the fourth quarter okay. of last year. Okay, uh, because of this, you know, rampant slowdown. I guess Value Lines forecasting revenue comparisons basically flat in the next two quarters, with earnings down a little bit. I, that may be, you know, I, I wonder if. People really know what's going on there right now. I'm going to assume there might still be a little bit of downside. But with no debt and $200 million of cash, or almost $5 a share, this is closer to an $11 stock, okay, with a um, big opportunity to buy back stock, obviously, uh, and in, in improve the return profile. Uh, it doesn't appear that it would put the business in any kind of danger. There's virtually no capital spending requirements. Uh, and with an $11 stock, you're talking about roughly 10 or 11 times gross and free cash flow um, with some pressure on the business because of what's going well, on. Well, are they the, the biggest business. guy in the business? Maybe there's somebody else with a better product that's I, taking share be. right I, now, and that's know, why I, this thing's off the no cliff. No warranties, yeah. explicit. I'm just suggesting a possible explanation. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's been a lot of insider selling. Hmm. Pretty steadily for the last year. <laughs> yeah, jump in, stock, jump into that one. Even as after the stock started to sell off. For so. your quality, what do you what you got? Guys selling it, hey, sometimes and they're losing market. Yeah, did you early. look at this week's issue? It's half. It was a little tough. It's half banks and diversified, and then you've got a bunch of wacky internet. I had a lot of trouble this week. Product. I mean, it's not easy to find. This looks cheap. Yeah, yeah. It looks cheap. There's probably hmm. oh, there's some a reason hair on it, and you know maybe there's something about. Uh, the ownership, uh, officers and directors own 13%. That's not enough to be completely entrenched, so I'm not sure. Anyway, it looks like an opportunity to buy bad news. Uh, huh. Second idea. Huh. Yes, sir. Go an ahead. old favorite. I think probably in the history of our show, both of us have talked about this stock at least one time before. Well, I made a bunch of money off this at one point. I do not own it right now. 1-800-Flowers.com, symbol FLWS, recently under $7.00. It's kind of the low end of the range that the stock's traded in over the last, oh, seven years. Um, high end of range has been mid-teens. Um, the uh, sales per share has gone from $8 to 14 or 15 now. Mm-hmm. Um, operating margins are as good as they've ever been, around 6%. Return on capital, high single digit. I, I, you know, a little bit overcapitalized. I got a nine times EBITDA multiple, ten times gross cash flow. I, I'm not sure why it's not getting a little more respect than this. Well, I, you know, you know the essence spending. of this company. Uh, the Burn? essence of it. Essence. The essence. Yes. Uh, the thing that makes them special, Burn. Uh, no, what makes well, them special? Well, okay, what makes them Bundling special? Bundling is what makes them no, special. They are one of the oldest guys in the business in direct target marketing. And uh, using, uh, you know, media. Their big break was running 1-800-Flowers commercials on television in football games 20 years ago. Uh, And then, of course, the Internet, they add .com. They're all about getting to the customer at low cost, uh, 
accumulating orders well, the brand and low-cost distribution. Has tremendous value yeah. because everybody remembers it. Well, and then they've been adding all these little brands. Like, don't they own a chocolate oh, company? Yeah, and they just recently bought a popcorn Fannie company. May, and the popcorn factory. All the gifty the wine things. Tasting and then they've network. got economies of scale on distribution and on getting the names. And right now, I think it's down because probably... What? Consumers having a tough time. Oh, yeah. It's all, got the, a, it's all consumer discretionary. Yeah, they've got a neat but little that's, catalog that's cyclical. There. So yeah. the, the stock I'm price is at a cyclical low over a seven-year period of time with the results. So this is the time you buy a, uh, a fantastic brand. You know, Value Line's talking about sustaining a 30 PE, you know, three to five years out with roughly a dollar of, um, I'm sorry, with 50 cents of earnings per share. Um, so that would be a $15 stock or a double. Well, their balance sheet's in good shape. They have, uh, you know, some of the best names in the business for direct marketing. But, um, you know, I think solidly uh, positive cash flow business. Haven't run a cash flow deficit since 2000. And uh, lastly, uh, a controversial name, certainly, but uh, continues to be statistically cheap. And um, I, at least the, the company's finally showing some signs of uh, taking advantage of the balance sheet and buying back some stock. I'm talking about Novell, N-O-V-L. Um, this stock is now fallen to around five and a half. This is kind of the level at which it's bottomed over the last five years. Um, you know, trades to eight or nine. Uh, all of this while the core business has a declining revenue profile. I own this right now, Vern. Uh, do you? And they're yes, trying to they're trying to find other businesses to put with it uh, to replace the legacy business. If it's you amazing how long that business has lasted, though. The old netware was one of the, it was the first network in the offices, and they still have uh, that product in you know in use and receiving royalties. It's amazing. The, the thing that uh, oh here it is international fifty percent of revenue right so yeah. like for a lot of the uh, uh, legacy software businesses, um, uh, they've seen their uh, growth shift offshore as developing economies are slowly catching up on, you know, investing in this kind of infrastructure, et cetera. So um, here's, what, uh, here's what I see. They're about to buy back uh, about $480 million worth of um, convertible uh, debentures, uh, removing them from the balance sheet and all of their debt. So they have finally, you know, they have a billion four of cash on their balance sheet at the end of April. Uh, they eliminate $500 million of debt with it. They've also authorized $100 million of share repurchase. So finally starting to, let's, you know, go buy back some stock after having done some a couple years ago and then, you know, kind of backing off from uh, um, buyback activity, I think. They've made a couple acquisitions. You may know something about this in the April quarter, but importantly, the, the – uh, uh, not really. The money spent by Novell is reflected in these numbers. So uh, there's incremental uh, there's incremental revenue and earnings associated with the businesses. I assume. Um, I, I don't know what kind of multiples they paid. I'm well, I've, I viewed this company as this legacy business, this pool of cash where cash is worth a dollar, cash is worth a dollar, cash, and now they've started to deploy that. And I was looking at that today, and I just, you know, I'm not sure. I honestly to, don't know what to, they're paying or what they're getting. They're trying to build a new platform apparently yeah, so around something called to be risky. workload lifecycle management. Um, you know. And it bought some stuff to try I to I thought they were there. heading more, you but know, focused to, into Linux, well, and now they've made a couple about, of these Vanilline acquisitions. Vanilline talks about some new, um, I don't know. you know, market penetration that they've 
achieved at some big names like SAP and Hewlett Packard and a variety of internal efforts which are clearly uh, focused on trying to improve profitability. Value Line's calling for margins to go up. I don't know if that's because the acquired businesses have much higher margins or if that's a reflection of the operating improvements that are expected or both maybe. But in any event, you have two different drivers, a profitability improvement. Value Line's looking for the best net margins out of this company you've seen in almost 10 years. Um, as I say, they're finally unlocking some of the cash. You know, if we look at it the traditional way we like to, I just take the surplus cash. I've got about $3 of it after I buy back this debt. That makes my $5.5 stock a $2.5 stock that can generate $0.25 cents of cash flow this year, and according to Value Line, $0.45 cents a share next year. So it's 6 to 10 times cash flow. It's, it's hmm. too cheap to, to overlook. So Novell, 1-800-Flowers. Dealer tracks. Time for a beverage break. I, we got to transition the show to what? the exciting second half, headlined by. You were running very values. short this week. Burn. Trying to be crisp. What crisp? You ready to uh, go? My voice. You know, are I. You, are you I, ready to go? I'm ready, but I, I uh, got a little. Uh, I've got a little cough. <coughs> All right. Well, did we do uh, toast? So we're switching yeah. to coffee this week, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, because. Uh, we both visited our our physicians, and uh, uh, oh, thanks. And uh, you know that's been advised just to move toward caffeine as a uh, as a, as a show aid, if I if I can be so uh, candid. You know, show aid. well, if you're still listening at this point, you know we don't feel bad about sharing some of the intimate details about the show and and all that. So I just wanted to share that uh, we're going to be moving to our more more coffee based. Uh, show in the future. Just wanted to share that with anyone. Okay. As long as it's not too late at night. Yeah, that's right. And don't certainly still keep your children away from the show, by all means. No, I'm just kidding. All right, I've got three great ideas this week, and I wish I could have done more work on each one, honestly, ladies and gentlemen. I seem to have caught you a bit unprepared. Well, you know, there was a lot going on in the office today. I lost my cell phone uh, a couple days ago, and I just, you know how it is, you just keep hoping you're going to find it, and you don't, and meantime, you're missing calls, and when are you going to get a phone, and it all came to a head today. I went and get a, got a phone, and moments after I got it, I had more buyer's remorse. Well, and then you get to spend hours you know, uh, making sure that it's uh, got all the right What a pain. Yeah. What a pain. Anyway, so, you know, of course, this shows, thankfully, for entertainment purposes only. My phone is not for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> So that got a little priority uh, this week. But still, these are high-quality value guy ideas, <clears throat> and I should say uh, val, val ideas, uh, just to distinguish. And you see all my best ideas. I don't think anybody's listening anymore. Yeah, the, who knows. But I just want to point out on the website, Val's Best Ideas, there's a button there. You can go look, and there's starting to finally be some green there after months of no green. <laughs> it's been a tough year for value the russell 2000 value the trailing 12 months i mean there was a little light last month but was the worst numbers since they began recording the russell 2000 value and that was not all that long ago but probably until 12 15 you know, years jack ago. russell invented the whatever it was whatever. it was brutal uh we have had a little light the ca- past couple weeks uh until the last few days so but i don't want to get into all that i want to get into some hard-hitting ideas page 2533 um AIG, American International Group. Oh, what do they do? Uh, and this, these guys are a little bit in the news from time to time. <laughs> uh, run, run for years by a gentleman named Hank Greenberg, mm. who famously was accosted by Mr. Elliot uh, Spitzer for 
presumably <laughs> between his visits to all <laughs> sorts of yeah how did he fit it in <laughs> i guess that cuts a lot of ways doesn't it Vern? yeah right. uh but in any case um no he ran a great business for years looking back at returns on capital this thing was always in the you know mid-teens it's a big you know what it's a holding company for all kinds of broad insurance uh, products, life insurance, uh, general insurance, retirement, Wake casualty. Well, listen, I'm just trying to read what they do. A lot of insurance. And then, of course, you take the premiums and you invest them. And Hank Greenberg, for many years, had the best investment record in Wall Street, better than Buffett and, you know, lots of other famous guys. Greenberg was kind of the quiet best investor out there, uh, very much a value investor. And it all kind of started to crumble a little bit when they took away uh, some contingent commission approaches to selling insurance. Uh, there were a lot of allegations, of course, by Mr. Spitzer. They changed the CEO. or you know, CEO. Hank Greenberg, by the way, owns a company that continues to have, a, a, I think, a, a, voting, a major voting stake in this, uh, and I'm not an expert by any means. But underlying all this is a pretty good business, and I know they mark to market all the assets of the company, uh, or they try to, and right now this company has a price of twenty two eighty five according to value line. The book value is thirty one dollars projected for next year twenty eight this year and I know a couple of things. I know that uh, the products that they sell insurance are you know going to continue to be in demand in the future i 'm just yeah, going to make the question that bold is what have they reinvested the premiums in um, well. You know, the, the premiums that are at stake, just to give you an idea, in 2006, the book value was 39. Now it's projected it's 28. They've lost 9 bucks of book value at uh, how many common shares here? $2.5 billion. Do the math. They've written off nearly $25 billion worth of uh, bad assets already. And you're you sure can, there won't be another $3? Well, no, I mean, there's statistics to go back 150 years on insurance and defaults and you know obviously when comets hit planets things happen but uh... you know there's a lot of history i've been through much of it over the years and human behavior you know it kind of repeats itself uh... it's rare that you get a new a new condition and i think that we've seen this thing pretty well play out when twenty five percent of the book value of a great company is written off it probably starts to be uh... you know in, in not a bad time to accumulate the shares going back forever this tends to sell at a premium to book. Right now it's at a pretty big discount, and that's my favorite thing about it. I do know that on a $22 stock price, they generated last year $8 a share in investment income, and I know the assets behind the investment income uh, often don't tend to be in the in the book, um, you know, and so uh, that that's kind of a, a premium to the price-to-book ratio is the, the underlying value of the asset manager, the assets that they have uh, to generate that investment income. Um, insiders own, you know, what? a lot. Huh? What? Asset managers, they don't have those assets on the books, but they're generating investment income from those assets. It's not their money, in other words. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm speculating here. In this case, Vern, it may not be true. I mean, not everything is on the value line page. <laughs> you might want to check out the 10K for some of the details. No, they could probably make yeah, I don't font know. A I don't know about that, but I think some of that investment income, you know, certainly a lot of it's probably coming from uh, the book reserves, but some of it's coming from perhaps off-balance sheet investment income that's coming from you know asset management subsidiaries that they may have. It's a big conglomerate, is my point, and there's a lot of asset 
income coming off those assets. Uh, and I like that it's trading at a big discount to books. So that's not a lot of homework, frankly, but it's worth investigating. AIG, page 2533. Next up, principal group. How am I doing on time, Vern? Uh, you're uh, doing fine. Am I? Take all the time you need. I can't really see. Uh, we're 20 minutes in. 20? Yeah. You're kidding me. I don't no. have any. I don't have Frankly, ten minutes of material. <laughs> All right, let me just talk slower. Maybe that'll buy us a little time. I'll, I'll uh, try to. I'll try to be responsible. Uh, for a what have you? I don't know. Anyway, principal financial. You can have some contest at the end. Okay, or sing a song, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll look forward to that. Uh, principal financial. You and P- me and mom, who's still listening, I think. We don't need the time that bad, Vern. <laughs> let me get into the idea here. Principal financial PFG. Page 2562. What's my theme? And I don't know if I told my theme on... Uh, no, you didn't. Oh, wait. Well, I've I always heard, tell a theme. the first time I've heard the word theme from Okay. Well, theme on AIG is simply uh, these are real businesses with real value. It's a great brand, and you got the demographics of wealth coming, so AIG. Okay. Demographics of wealth, that's the... And aging. No, people know. If they're listeners, they know what I mean. I'm trying to give a shortcut. Principal Financial, PFG. Uh, theme on this one. Frankly, it's the same. It's kind of a similar idea to AIG. And as we said earlier, this week's issue was a little tough. There's a lot of banks, and I've talked at length about banks, and it's fun for me because I don't know anything about them. Um, And I know there's some great ideas in the banks. I just don't know which ones. And I talked to a friend of mine today about the banks. He's worked for a firm that does only banks for years. He doesn't know what's going on. More losses coming. I said, I really want to start buying some banks. They look cheap. He's just saying, don't do it. More losses coming. So I backed away. That's all I know. So well, maybe. I, and, and I carefully went through did you go? each and every stock symbol. But I did of, too. None of them were cool. Well, I didn't on the banks. I think next time so, they come up, three months from now, will be a time to actually maybe recommend maybe, some maybe, of those. Maybe you know, there's an aggressive, forward-thinking bank out there that wants to change its symbol to something that would be you know interesting well let's hope they do verns for your sake uh but no i think three months from now the banks will be okay the nice thing about about aig is that it's kind of like a bank they don't actually loan the money they just promise money if you break something it's kind of sort of the same uh principal financial is in that same vein um they do a couple of things that you probably don't you know not necessarily know they do they of course do insurance uh, but they do health insurance, which is the good kind of insurance when you've got the aging of the population going on. Also, you wouldn't know this about them. Uh, they are a big and growing money manager. They grew assets under management last year at 9%, and most of the indices were down. So they gained share somehow doing that. And then they have a third-party <clears throat> asset manager, sort of off balance sheet. I got to go to the 10K to understand exactly what that is. They're probably just having someone subadvise or something. But some little division of that business is growing 30%. So they're clearly gaining share. They rank in the top quartile and uh, second quartile for all their investment products, which is probably helping them gain share. And you got the demographics of aging and wealth coming your way. We've talked about that, the pr- traditional brands. When, you know, when does the baby boom peak? Uh, the average boomer was born in 1956, and that boomer is 52. So you still have growth until uh, you know that average guy is average at 65. And if the retirement age moves higher, which it may to keep 
Social Security from busting, and also you got you know people living longer. So there's an argument to be made to work longer. But um, you know the the See, the, the baby stuff. boom's going to be growing for a long time. Simple relationships. Well, there's just stuff within demographics that you can rely on, and one of them is that uh, older people are richer, and the older people are getting older faster and richer faster, and that's going to go on at least another dozen years. But there are some questions about whether the you know the basic model for healthcare financing in this country is going to change dramatically in the next couple of years. One thing I'm convinced of is the firms that have the good relationships with the patients, even if the government gets involved, those firms are going to stay in place because the government's going to want to keep it all warm and fuzzy. They don't want to take away, you know, the brand you're used to dealing with. And so those frontline uh, providers, the people with the brands, I think are going to be in in good shape. It's just a matter of the the, the equipment. The, brought to you by the same people well, that reform no, the I've, student loan business. Uh, well, they're not going to help healthcare in terms of supply and demand. But companies that are intermediaries, I think, as you rationalize the industry toward you know single providers, those guys are going to make decent returns if they're on the front end, particularly if they're the ones receiving the checks. Uh, from the customers. So uh, I think they're going to be in okay shape. But it's really this asset manager I like at principal. They're trading at 11 times earnings. You get a little bit of a yield. They're at their low end of their historical PE range. They're putting up uh, a growing return on equity. Uh, you know, a lot of good things to like here. They're uh, stock down, lousy market. Well, the stock's down because I think people are fearful of the of the market and the AUM falling. That's not a trend; it's just indices going down. And I do know that their um, value in the asset management business those are annuities you can count on. Those relationships tend to be you know long lived, and even accountants tend to put a nine you know ten times multiple on those earning streams when they. They have to amortize, you know, capitalize those values in transactions. So everyone understands those are long-lived. Healthcare, I think that's more of a shopper's market. I'm not assigning a lot of value to that in this. It's really the asset manager, and uh, it's cheap. So principal financial, PFG. Uh, also, there's no debt here, basically, 17% of capital. And in this market, I think that's a good, you know, that's safety. That's amazing. Element. You know, we just killed six minutes. Great. I'm not killing it. These are good, solid ideas. It, you know, and then finally, SEI Investments, ticker SEIC, page 2612. What do these guys do? They offer. You know, comp- if you want to get out of deck of cards and. I, I just want to tell the people talking, about this stock. This is my favorite idea of earning. Your favorite idea you yeah. save for the 20 Well, I just go minute. in page order. To help the people know where to look. And you do it in whatever order you want. I don't even know. No one knows. respect for the people than you do. Listen, can I just tell them about this? I'm going to edit out parts of your part if I don't get this in. I respect their intelligence. This is all being edited out. What are you talking about? SEIC. Okay. If I haven't already mentioned what they do because of interruptions, I'm going to do that now. They offer comprehensive software products and computer processing services for trusts, investment programs covering diversified investment strategies, institutional, high net worth markets, blah, blah, blah. They're, for your I want to just get through this idea, Vern. You know, I'm editing you out if I don't finish. Uh, where am I here? Uh, these guys are playing into the same trends I like at principal. 
and to a little lesser extent AIG, which again is the demographics of aging. They're a service provider to all the firms that are going to be helping the baby boom manage their assets. And I think once you have a software package turned on your computer, you don't. if it works, you don't want to turn it off. They've got a big service department. I have dealt with these guys professionally. They're very... Uh, you know, they're, they're very organized and can help small businesses and even larger businesses uh, organize their, uh, you know, their back office functions in a great way. Uh, they serve all the money markets. I mean, uh, institutional investors, money managers. With what? Software, systems. That does what? Everything. Manages performance, uh, keeps track of all the stocks, all the compliance, tracks uh, individual accounting of each client, you know, the kinds of things that you have to do on the buy side, Vern, that, you know, you're not all that familiar with because you just are over in a think tank over there putting out ideas. There's people who have to, like, send out the letters, Get the paychecks, organize the reports, you know, and this stuff makes you just have to push boring. a button to do that. Well, it's boring only because they make it easy by pushing F10. Uh, business is apt to grow. Value Line says they're going to grow in the low teens over the next five, ten years. Yeah, I'm just editing you out, so don't worry. We don't have any time constraints. A lot of your stuff's gone. Uh, cash assets are... Uh, where are we here? Let me just take a moment to find it. Okay, a buck fifty a share. They're trading at six times EBITDA. Now I was going to get into a thing because we've got some listeners who want to know what EBITDA is in enterprise value, um, and so I'm looking at their market cap over on the left, four point six billion. I'm adding debt, forty one million. I'm subtracting cash. That gets me to like four point three billion. And if I multiply the operating margin of forty five percent times one point five billion in revs. I've got about 700 million into 4.3. That's about six times EBITDA. That's a cheap price. It is cheap. SEI Investments, and you got an annuity on this one, so I like that a lot. This one is higher price than I like to pay. So what's it's, your favorite idea? It's 10 thing? times next year's free uh, gross cash flow. I want to say the valuation. Ask one burn. more time. I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. I'm editing this stuff no, go out. Ahead. Go ahead. Uh, 10 times gross cash flow. They don't have a lot of capex, so it's nine times free. And uh, I like it here. SEI C twenty six twelve is the page number. That's one of my favorite. Vern SEI. That's your favorite. Yeah, SEI. I'm going to say that uh, my favorite is one eight hundred flowers dot com. See okay. you next week, folks. Bye, everyone.